If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight We've all run to things we know that just ain't right There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way Shaking Savior, if you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way
Amen. He is indeed. He is our light in the darkness. He is our everything.
set free by Jesus. Show of hands. 
Me too. Me too. He's delivered me from a lot. Let's thank him for that in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your powerful love that breaks down every stronghold. Um, your word says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And Lord, you tear down every lofty thing. You tear down pride. You tear down addiction. You tear down disease. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you even when things don't go our way. Sometimes we fall, but you're always there for us, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we need you. We love you. We want to love you more. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring your word in such a way that it affects us, in such a way that it makes us more like Jesus. Lord, we ask it all in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Well, welcome. We are um, usually going through a book of the Bible, but we did something which is kind of maybe foolish or crazy or asking for punishment, but we put a box out for requests. So you're kind of in the middle of a season where we're going to be uh, responding to some of the requests that people had for, would you preach a sermon about? Uh, so that, that's kind of where we're at there personally. Okay, Pastor Randy, check this out. I would use this word. I think this morning is cool. Okay, cool. That's a word I would use. Here's why I think it's cool. Here's the, here's the frustrating for me. See, I am a pastor, whatever they... I, I have a staff pastor, so it's like my job to do ministry. Well, where we got backwards along the, the way is that we professionalize ministry. Right? Do you see that? Everyone comes here, and, and exactly what people say when they visit a church is like, uh, I, I wonder what they have for me, or I wonder if, how I can be fed. However, what was really cool is understand I'm the only staff pastor here. I haven't said anything yet today. Right? Stop a second. How cool? How about all these voices up here? Like, singing out praises. Like, we keep asking this question, Lord, if we met you at Fane Lake and you saved us, and we were like, we got to get together, and we got to encourage each other. we got to praise God. How, what would we do? Well, we'd find a place, right? So we got this place. Now what? So we're doing something really weird. And some of you guys are like, what in the world? You press, pass the spreadsheet out? But, but there's, there are chains like everywhere, right? Like that song says, can you see it? Can you see more and more chains appearing in the world? And what, what's happening in that song, which I think is really true, is there's an army rising up. Anyone been in the army? Okay, do you guys got spreadsheets in the army? Of course, right? So sometimes it takes spreadsheets to enable the army. So what's really cool, what's happening is you got like, you got like, okay, Elliot, which as far as church members go, he's a young guy, right? However, you got the bando whippersnappers behind him. I mean, they're all like half his age singing praises to God. Neither one of them, none of them making a cent. None of them went to some special music program and they're singing praises to God and you guys are joining them. And then we throw out a spreadsheet because our kids need somebody to watch them. I love that stuff. 
that's super exciting. And then Randy and Sandy are like, hey, let's, uh, let's play Yahtzee and talk about Jesus. What in the world? I love this crap. This is great. Right? So if you're like me, uh, there's these cards here. I know this sounds like religion, but if you want to know like what's up, you want the reminder about what's going on, make sure we have your email. Here's a way to do it. They have these cards, the connection card, prayer request. If you want an army of people praying for you, do that. Once you fill these out, Please put them in one of the kind of the offering baskets, two in the back, two up here. That way we can add you, send you that email to remind you we're going to be playing Yahtzee and celebrating Jesus, okay? Okay. Now let's transition to that. Uh, if we didn't meet yet, my name is Will. I'm the pastor here at the, at the church, and usually I'm teaching, but sometimes some of the other guys, pastors and elders, will be teaching. Talk about creation today. I know this subject was given to me. And the expectation is that I could like bring Ken Hamben or something to talk to you about that. That is not what's going to happen today. As a matter of fact, I'm definitely not him, okay? So let's just put it that way. Um, let's pray and we'll get into it. Father, I pray over this. I pray that truth would reign, Lord, that, that even in all of my weakness and, and shortcoming, that your truth would come out, that you would speak the hearts to the men and women who are ready to hear it today, that you would guide them. Grow them, encourage them, Lord. And for those who aren't ready to listen to it, we love them and we're glad we're here. they're here. And hopefully this is part of the journey towards truth, towards freedom, towards full life in Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, creation. Let's just start off with it because there's a lot of information I want to give to you. I got three words up here. Big Bang Theory. You heard of that? Okay, not just the TV show. Yep. Right. But what this is, okay... So here's the question. How did all this come into play? Like you look around, you see things created. We long to understand. Okay. Don't forget, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but God created us to be in his presence, to be with him. Anything short of that, there's something missing. So it's why all of you have something missing in your life because you're not in his physical presence right now in his love, in his knowledge, so we don't know anything, and we want to. We also like our sin, so we'd rather be distracted with information than bothered with transformation. Let, let's go deeper. What's that mean? Well, I want to know more information about God. Well, do you want to know God? Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to follow him? Well, that's a little hard. Can't we talk about academics? Because that's easier. So we're going to run into that today. Big Bang Theory. Here's some notes. It's a popular scientific explanation for how the universe began, right? Uh, so according to the standard theory, our universe sprang into existence as a singularity around 13.7 billion years ago. Okay, this is from the World Wide Web, so it has to be true. If you've heard different stuff about this, I'm sorry. Like I said, I, I went to business school. Not, no, I'm not a scientist. Uh, now, what's interesting, what I love about it is a singularity, by definition, is an event that defies scientific understanding. We don't know what happened. We're just going to call that a singularity, and then we're good. Okay. Simply put, it says the universe, as we know it, started with an infinitely hot and dense single point, and that it inflated and stretched, first at unimaginable speeds, and then at a more measurable rate. Over the next 13.7 billion years, 
to the still expanding cosmos that we know today. Right, Rick? It's believed they can observe the universe continuing to expand. However, they're doing that. Okay, now, so in the end, what happened is all this heat, the expansion, and then the cooling, and you got enormous rocks floating through the sky, right? Now, this enormous rock, what happened? How did it get populated with life? So what they have come up with, and I'll have you note, both of these are still theories. Here's your little science lesson. Here's the problem with science, okay? I don't mean to be disrespectful. Science always begin with, begins with this. I believe this is true, right? Now, I want to find evidence that supports what I believe is true. And then if I can come up with enough evidence and enough support, and enough people agree with me, eventually it can become a law in our own human understanding. If not, it will remain a theory. So there's the shortfall of science. Now, science can observe some really true and great things. However, the limitation is it's always limited by the person who observed it first and tried to understand the entire universe and God in their small little brain. Okay? So the theory of evolution is kind of like this. It's this theory that presumes the development of life comes from non-life. Okay? It stresses a purely naturalistic, kind of an undirected, descent with modification. That is, complex creatures evolve from more simplistic ancestors naturally over time. Okay? In a nutshell, as random genetic code mutations occur within an organism's genetic code, the beneficial mutations are preserved, right? Because they aid survival. And the ones that are less beneficial are eliminated, right? Because you die. Um, which is probably why more guys are getting bald, because it's turning out that sexual a whole lot better than actually having a full head of hair, right? Hallelujah. Um, now, this process is known as natural selection. These beneficial mutations are passed to the next generation. And over time, the beneficial mutations accumulate, and the result is an entirely different organism. Not just a variation of the original, but an entirely different creature. Two theories. So here's what the Bible says. This, recorded in Genesis 1. Who wrote Genesis? Moses. Okay. So was he there when this happened? No. Okay. So you don't have a detailed explanation. How did he hear about creation? Moses, most likely. God, what else, too? Passed down. God spoke to men, and men passed it down over generations, right? And, and the Holy Spirit would have given him this revelation. So we don't have a huge detail. So all of that explanation, the Bible says it this way. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Does that answer all your questions? That's all I need to know. There you go. Okay, well, you just finished the sermon for me. We're done now. That's good. Um, then verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay. So where are we at now? What's it look like? What's going on at the end of this verse 2? So you got heavens, earth, right? Dark. It refers it to as the deep. So what was it covered with? Water. Okay. And the Holy Spirit. Somehow the same spirit that can live in, you know, little Corey can also hover over the entire expanse of the world. I don't know. It's amazing. We're going to go through the whole creation story. 
But my, my goal to you is this, try to get to the heart of the matter, because this is what we keep going after, right? Like, it always comes back to what's going on inside of us and what we believe and how everything in the world's trying to pull us to act in a different way or hurt one another, while our Lord and Savior is like, all that matters is you're loving your neighbor, and by loving them, you're speaking truth to them, you're supporting them, correcting them, all of this, okay? So, creation. The idea of creation is based on this, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, what pastors like me need to tell you is this is ultimately important foundationally to your faith. Okay? God created. God created. So now within that, why? Because we love to complicate things and because we want to feel special and smart. And if we can stay really distracted, then we don't have to ever change our hearts. Just give me more information. We've done this. We've got these ideas, okay? First one could be categorized. A group of people that believe, and this is what I was taught growing up, right? This is a really common one, probably the most common amongst Christian circles, is what could be called a 24-hour interpretation of creation. Or um, a group of them have sort of titled themselves Young Earth Creationism or Young Earth Creationists. So the 24-hour interpretation holds that God created all the universe in the space of six regular solar days. Young Earth creationists usually place the age of the Earth from somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 years old. Familiar with that? My goal is to give you a few of these views, and then we'll read the story. And then I'll tell you really the message that I believe that God wanted me to share with you about all of that. So it says, you'll see it keeps referring to as the sixth day, the fourth day, the third day. So these people are saying, yes, we're holding fast to a 24-hour day that God did this in that time. Now, now, another group, they also believe that God is the creator and that the universe had a, an origin. But they would have categorized themselves as old earth creationists. And this is like an umbrella term that's used to describe biblical creationists who deny that the universe was created within the last 6,000 to 10,000 years over the course of six consecutive 24-hour days. Rather, old earth creationists believe that God created the universe and its inhabitants, including a literal Adam and Eve, over a much longer period of time than is allowed for by young earth creationists. So you see that? Science is starting to say this. So in the Christian world, there's, there is sort of a, a division here. Hey, we attribute God as creator, Adam and Eve, but we have a difference of opinion on how this whole thing went down. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're filling in the blanks. So first one of these, let me give you a few of these. There's, there's I think some, some sites say there's 10, 11. There's like so many different views. Let me give you a few. And these would be old earth creationists. Day-age theory. The idea of this is that, is that the day-age theory says it takes the Hebrew word for day, right? Yom, and then it, it says that, that while that word often means a 24-hour period, it's also used to refer to an indeterminate duration. These theories proclaim that a valid and moreover proper literal understanding of the creation account, that each day is an era or an age lasting for a great period of time. 
Does that make sense? They're saying, when it says day, it's talking about a period of time because that same Hebrew word was used for a 24-hour day, but also like the age and the last age. It's, it's the same word. So in this situation, it really could mean either one. So that they're saying there's a possibility that God is creator on the first day. It could have been thousands of years. It could have been a million years. You guys understand that? That's their interpretation of in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, gap theory is another group. Gap theory says this, that like if you see between verses you know, 1 and 2 there, um, God's created, the, the earth is uh, formless, right? It's void, it's the dark. They really believe, I'll kind of summarize this, that there's a gap between that and the first day. And that God created for an undetermined amount of created period of time. So it could have been millions of years, right? And then... So they think that God created a fully functional earth with animals, dinosaurs, other creatures. Um, and then as the theory goes, something happened that destroyed the earth completely and took it to a dark void, right? Most likely, they attribute that to the fall of Satan to earth so that the planet became without form and void. And at this point, God started over again, recreating the earth in its paradise form as further described in Genesis. So, right, it's like, yeah, kind of, the, God created that, but there was lots of time before he recreated everything. There was, there was this gap in between that. So that's one theory. Progressive creationism. It's the belief that God created the heavens and the earth over a period of billions of years, not six 24-hour days. That's the basis for the traditional creationism view. So some even believe that the Big Bang is actually the description of what God did. It's, it's the way that God produced stars and galaxies through billions of years of natural processes. So I guess I could see that, right? Because what we do in science is we observe something. So when they study it, they're like, wow, it was like nothing, and then something came. I would say they're right about that. I'm not saying Big Bang's right, but they're right about that. My faith tells me that God created so he was there before he created this. So, okay, I can see why scientifically you're observing this. So that's where that one goes. Apparent age theory, here's a good tricky one too. They believe that God created the universe to look as if it was very old. I mean, after all, when God created Adam, he was full grown. So he could have very well created things, right? Uh, more developed. So psych, you think it's old? Just to throw you off. Well, what do we do with that, huh? That's anyone I'm missing that you guys want to bring up for, for fun? No? Okay. I'm just wondering why you come up with all these theories now when it's so evident that the church nearly dies in one day. Why are they easy? Okay. It's only until the time of the evolutionary theory that people start to have to relook at Genesis and try to redefine God's word. Yeah. I mean, what you're bringing up is ultimately, guys, here's, here's the fact that's happening. At first, because you didn't have uh, people studying that in scientific evidence, you just went with, sure, 24-hour day period. Now, as they've started to present information that they claim is fact to you, then, then people who, wanted, who still wanted to hold true to creationism came up with other um, theories of why, why those two could coexist, right? The, the scientific evidence and then the, the biblical account of creation. Anyway, well, so now let's, now let's read the account, okay? 
So is there a gap? Did God psych us and create an old earth? Was it millions of years? Was it a 24-hour day? Genesis 3, so this would be after the gap, right? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So what happened the first day? Light. Light and darkness. Evening and morning. Cool. Verse 6, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. What? Yeah. Right? Separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse that separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse in between heaven, right? And there was evening and there was morning the second day. So what did he do the second day? Yeah, he created the expanse. And we use the word heavens to describe that, right? And so there's lots of theories about that, right? Was there this like aqua cloud above the earth right before the flood? Right? I I don't know, right? So there's this air now, right? Okay, so day two. Third day, let's see what happens here. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, planting, uh, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and, tree, and trees bearing fruit in which was, is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. Okay, what happened on the third day? There's a lot there. What is it? Vegetation, plants someone said over here. Right? Land and oceans. So he took some of the water, like, into the sky somewhere, right? And then some of it he left behind, but it was still apparently covering the land. And so then he separated that. And so, you know, we talk about theories of what that was like and and where the plates and the land and everything we have observed, but all of a sudden now this land appears. Well, it's been underwater for an undetermined period of time, so it's pretty fertile. And he starts planting and creating those plants, and he makes himself sustaining so that they, they actually seed and grow more plants of their kind. As a matter of fact, every fruit vegetable becomes its own seed for its future plants. And God at the end is like, good, this is good. Small print on this one for you, challenge you. Genesis 1.14, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning on the fourth day. So what do you do on the fourth day? Universe. 
which is kind of weird, right? Like, so if it's a big bang and all of them at the same time, then how come the earth was there first and then stars and sun later? I didn't study it enough because that's not the point of this, okay? That's not the point of where I'm going. But I got to give you the truth, guys, as, as it's written in the scripture, okay? This is what you're accountable to know. The rest of it, you're not accountable to know. You get that? Okay. Verse 20, and God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the water swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. So fifth day, what was happening? Yeah, the land animals, the birds, sea creatures. Okay, so it's coming together, right? 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds. Wait, they didn't like evolve to different kinds? No, side note, okay. Um, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So what did he create so far there? Animals, right? Then God said, let us make man in our image. Who's our? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You, guys, you guys got it too? Okay. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So what's, the, what's your job as humans, men and women? Dominion over the earth and all its creatures, right? Responsibility, yeah. How are we doing? Not so good. How am I doing? Not so good. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, sometimes in church you guys say amen. There's going to be a good time for an amen here. Ready? And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. There we go. Um, hey, it's, you know, it's not our fault. The Bible said to do that. And, and you know, why? So we can multiply. All right, that's our greatest weapon, right? We multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything he'd made, and behold, it was very good. Now we got it very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Okay. Well, here's the logical question. We have all these theories. We've just read that account. I mean, we're not, we didn't study it in depth. But which theory is correct? Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. Which theory is correct? Okay, well, this is where you tell me what to believe. No, that's not what I'm... That's not what I'm here to tell you. Okay. Let me tell you what's true. 
this is true, that God created the heavens and the earth. And, and you can't see ahead because I've been praying and, and planning and thinking about this, but we've got to hit this foundational because what I've been told by people, honestly, well-intended people, they say, you know, you know, your young earth creationism is the foundation of your faith. And if you don't believe that, then everything else is going to fall apart. Or if you don't believe this, everything else is going to fall apart. And it's like, no, if you don't believe this, you can't go to step two. So as the man who's supposed to shepherd over you, I want to speak this truth to you. God created the heavens and the earth. So anytime someone brings up something to you, some kind of proposed truth that doesn't include God creating the heavens and the earth. Because it can get complicated, right? Because apparently God created like the, right, the, the heavens, right? He's there. He's existing. There's the heavenly host. You see these um, references to all these sort of like heavenly beings, right? Even Lucifer himself and Jesus and who's, who's approaching him and wanting to mess with Job. Like, What? There's a whole set of heavenly hosts and spiritual realm stuff that he's been created. There's angels. There's demons. How does all that work? And it didn't tell us in verse 1. Lots of mystery, okay? But here's what you're responsible to know. God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything on the earth. God created man in his image. In his image, he created male and female. Can you see much in the world that's trying to come against this basic truth? Okay. As a shepherd of people that love you guys, here's what I see, is the people who agree on those are fighting over stupid, stupid, stupid things. Stupid, let me say it again. Stupid, 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 waste of time things. Because we can't even unite on this simple truth to stand against the world that says, no, God didn't create anything. It was random. There is no God. As a matter of fact, I don't have respect for that he created humans. I don't have respect that he's created animals. I don't, I don't have respect for the fact that we're supposed to have dominion over that. I don't have respect for him creating a male and female. Like, they've killed all of that. They've come against that. And the people who are supposed to be armed with that truth are like, let's talk about the like, gap theory. Here's where we're going next, but this is not today's sermon, but I'm going to let you know so you, you'll come back and don't think, well, this was a waste of time. If God is the designer and the creator of the universe, as well as everything and everyone in it, therefore, or that means, or that implies, everything comes from that. Who you are, who you're supposed to live, how God sees you, the way that things work, like it all comes from that. And I really hope to unpack that more next week. But, but today, I don't want to waste, you know, all the time that we have together. I don't want this to be five hours, okay, if we, if we go into every one of these. What I'm saying to you is this. Now, I can see, guys. When I look at Revelation, at the end, there's lots of, you know, there's the, there's the judgment. There's, there's the salvation of the, the children of God, right? Those redeemed by Christ. But ultimately, what are you going to be accountable for when your life ends? I mean, ultimately, if you have Christ. What are you going to be accountable for? Yeah. <laughs> to be able to find the Trinity and talk and explain in detail propitiation. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's two lines. Oh, you guys old earth? You're in this line. And you go through the door and there's a pit to hell. That's, that's not the way it works. Like, can you explain propitiation? No. Oh, sorry. 
hell with you. Right? What about you? Do you have a five-minute testimony on how you got baptized when you were eight? And if you don't have that just right, you're not in. No. No. Like, guys, can we come back to this truth? Because we're not doing the core level. I mean, in a bigger picture, what I'm seeing is really smart people in Scripture. And that becomes the hope and the foundation of their faith. And then I got really spiritual people, right? Like, who are just like, whoa. It's like I see skeletons walk when they pray, right? And there's cool things, but both of those groups of people sometimes don't do the exact, precise, simple, loving thing that Jesus asked them to do. So you can be a really bad mom and speak oracles of heaven, and then what was the point? You can be awful to your spouse or your kids. You can be a horrible employee and disobey most of the Bible, but know tons about archaeology. And our focus, our measurement is in the wrong place. And I know the intention of that was simply to get me to come agree with these guys. But I can see if I was believing in science, I would say, well, maybe that first day was an age. What if it was? What if it wasn't? What if you're wrong? I bet you you'll figure it out when you get with the Lord. Certain things are just foolish, like theories that stay theories for hundreds of years. You guys were wrong. Something's off with it. it just a scientist can appreciate that. Like, wow, I mean, you're trying to explain unexplainable things. It's just never going to become a law. So it's a perpetual theory. So don't try to promote that as a law. You can't prove it. Right? So that, that, there's logic, there's reason. I get that. It's taking God out as creator. That is wrong. That's the kind of stuff that's wrong. But if you're like, well, I don't know, there could have been a gap in there. Okay. I don't think so, but go for it, right? Or God created it old. I do know this. It's kind of funny to see. You're like, I, I believe in a new earth because I had a boot that was in a lake for six years, and it came out, and I carbon dated it. It said two million years, right? You hear those stories. So those people are clearly going to say, my testimony is that that's a bunch of trash that science has given me, and it's definitely a young earth. Right? And then other people who have worked in science that are like, I don't know, man. I, I really feel convicted in my soul that it's older than six to 10,000 years. Okay, bro. Did God create it in 6,000 years? Did he create it in a million years? Okay, then, then we're together on Genesis 1.1. Let's keep going. Okay. Here's where, here's where I'm accountable. And I know some of you guys, I can feel it in your spirit. You don't like that. You're mad. You want me to tell you. I mean, come on. I was born in the nursery. Of course, I always take six literal days. And I'm also a bonehead. Here's how I look at my faith. When I go to Jesus and I'm talking with them, like there are certain things like, okay, can okay, I want me to be a pastor? Okay, old earth, this kind of stuff. Will, this is will as a Christian, not pastor will, because I don't have any divine revelation on any of this stuff. But here's what I know. When I look at the scripture, I know God expects me to be a bonehead. Totally know that. It's very clear, actually. His ways are much higher than my ways. It's written. I don't get that. So a lot of things, when I read it, I'm going to look at it quite literal and say, that could be metaphor. But when I sit before Jesus, I'm going to say, well, I didn't teach the metaphor. And I didn't live based on the metaphor. And if he says, well, oh, yeah, you know what? It really was a million years instead of a day. Like, oops. I just believed you when you said it was a day. Oh, well, that was a generational thing. You could have had women pastors. 
What's funny, guys, is this will be what I get emails about the woman pastor, not all of creation. Well, you could have women pastors because it's, it's a generational thing. It's like, I don't care. When I go to Jesus, I'm not going to say, Jesus, I thought Paul and them were just kind of out of date. They weren't woke like me, so now I'm just going to go my own way. I'm going to be like, I'm an idiot, so I just went with what you wrote. If you're struggling, why not just do that? If I can give you pastoral advice. If you have a conviction one way or the other, don't let the other people shame you. Because it's not a matter of your salvation. What I want to, not shame you, but what I want to convict you to do is this. Paul wrote to early Christians this, and I think it applies. If I have the gift of prophecy, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. And can fathom all the mysteries, right? Like, even if you can get all the mysteries of the universe and how it was created, even if you can get that, fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, if I have a faith that can move a mountain, but I do not have love, I am what? Nothing. You want to be nothing? You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your energy. And if you don't believe there's as much propaganda for... For the Christian side is the non-Christian side, you are on crack and you're not paying attention. Guys, I have a master's degree from universities. No one ever shoved evolution down my throat. It's not like the movies make it out to be. They didn't fail me on my paper. My kids are going through college, high school. They haven't had, I mean, this is Arizona, I get it. We're in a blessed place. But seriously, they're like making it out so that there's like this fight. And that's not what God said. Jesus actually told them like, Peter, put away your sword. Don't cut the idiot's ear, right? Have love. Don't fight with these people, but don't join them. If I do not have love, I have nothing. I don't care if you're right. I don't care if Corey developed the Corey idea and he's the only person all of time that was right about creation. I just don't care. Is he loving? Is he like Christ? That's what matters. And here's the other thing that you guys are going to see, scripturally, so you don't think it's just me, the ranting of a madman. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. Accord, this is Paul writing, according to the grace God's given to me, right? The unearned favor and also his power in Revelation. The grace of God's given to me like a skilled master builder. I laid a foundation and someone else built upon it, okay? Let each one take care how he builds upon it. How does this apply, Will? I think creation science can totally create faith. Can totally stir on faith. And so God blessed those guys because there was a foundation. God created the heavens and the earth. And hopefully the Holy Spirit as a master builder is creating, a is creating building off that foundation to bring people to faith. Right? I mean, anyone blessed? Anyone blessed by apologetics, right? Anyone blessed by Christian science in general? Yes. Anyone blessed by beautiful worship music? Yes. Anyone blessed by marriage ministry? Yes. Anyone, anyone blessed by like uh, the gospel project or some Bethmore study? You've been blessed by one of those in your life. Every one of those things comes off that foundation. And so what happens is we, we think what we're going to do, he says, but let each one take care. The advice for me and all the people who come upon this foundation that Jesus laid, that Paul added to, every one of us, let each one take care how we build upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than God, that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. So if you have this conviction that the earth is young, 
or if you have this conviction of the, the earth is old. I suspect both of those groups have brought tremendous faith to God. Right? I mean, can you see that for a second? Take your emotions out of it. If I was a science-minded person and I believe the evidence, I don't like your explanations, you know, these 24-hour days. So I began to realize, wow, I guess I can't understand God and how he did it and how this was created and erosion, right, and, and the, the shifts in the climate and all this kind of stuff. They're going to look at it scientifically. Can those people come to a saving grace and faith that God is the creator of all things, even if they're wrong about how it went down. So by all means, be careful, you, who try to lay on that foundation that you can't lay another foundation other than God. So if you go to school, if you go to your Bible study, I really don't want to hear from a Bible study an email like, this person's younger, this person's older, and they're fighting with each other about it. I'm just going to send you that verse, okay? Be ready for it. You can just tell yourself that I don't care. Don't. Did God create it? Yes. See, the fact is this. The basis for my faith is Jesus. The foundation for my, of my faith is Jesus. It's my adoption as a son of God through Jesus. My hope is that resurrection, that everything that's happening here, even my wrong beliefs and views, will be made up for when I'm resurrected and all things are made new and I'm told right. It's not me having the right answers. It's not me having the right information or understanding the universe. It's not my IQ. I'm not that clever. Can we humble ourselves? If COVID does nothing, can you humble yourself in this and say, I am not God and I am fragile? That breathing is a gift. That he is in control. In my little brain, I don't care how much I studied or how many degrees I've got. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get him. I don't get his ways. Science doesn't get him. They don't know him. They don't get his ways. Pastors, they don't get him. They don't know his ways. Creation scientists, they don't get him. They don't know his ways. What I'm called to is faith in him. To come to that realization, humble ourselves before God and say, I don't know if it was a million years. That's my view. I don't know if it was a million years or a day. And I'm not going to tell you it's one or the other, but I'm going to tell you to stop fighting about it. Does that make sense? Like, love one another. And by all means, if you're passionate about it, study it. But it's not going to be my platform because I'm a shepherd for the heart of people and the truth. It's my job. I've got to encourage, and I, I'm going to do it for 50 years if I need to. And I'm going to spur you on, right? And spur you on, and you're going to spur each other on. And we're going to have the whippersnapper band singing again, right? And they're going to sing praises to God, and it's prettier than the most professional bands that have ever sang. Because the heart of people, and you guys are going to have spreadsheets and minister and do all sorts of weird junk, right? So I think that's it. We're going to build on this because I think it builds into a lot of things. But what I want you to do today is that we can humble ourselves to God in the, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't even need to know. I don't know. You know. Lead me into love to those around me. A divided army will always fall. Okay? A divided army will always fall. Hey, worship team, would you guys come on back up? Well, why are you saying that, Will? 
I love it because I didn't even think about that song coming up before the sermon. But that's what it is. It's like the chains. That's what's happening. There's more and more chains. And even the people in our world that are supposed to know, they don't know. <laughs> I've had like so many COVID conversations this week, right? Like so many. And no matter what you feel about it, here's the one truth for sure. Nobody really knows what in the heck's going on. Because I'm like, I know some of you like 80-year-olds who are like, you might die if you fall down, okay? But somehow you get COVID and you're fine, and then some 20-year-old's dying of it. I'm like, I don't even know. Science doesn't know. Medicine doesn't know. Right? It's the same thing across the board. You just don't know. And so what's happening is everyone's got a suggestion, and in the agreement to those suggestions creates chains. It creates fear. It creates anxiety or anger, all these really deadly things. And the only way to break down those chains is God, and he's rising up his army to do that. So the army can't be divided. The army has to be united. Well, that was like a billion words, I know, but here's what it is. We're going to praise the fact that God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything in it and everyone including me, and including everyone around me. It's like you said this week, Steve. Right? Was it C.S. Lewis that said that? That was it like, you're going to live forever whether you like it or not? Something like that you told me? Yeah, was Dallas Willard said that? Yeah. He's a right? <laughs> See, I love that. He said, Dallas Willard, you guys might have heard him. He said, he told to his students, what if you're going to live forever and there's nothing you can do about it? And what a key way to look at it. Because I mean, look to your right and to your left. Like, you're going to live forever. There's nothing you can do about it. So will you do it with God? Or are you going to do it on your own? Like, that's it, man. That is it. And that is worthy of love. And even if you're like gap theory, I'm there was a, Weird fossil in my backyard, I'm convinced that's it. And even if I think that's crazy, or Corey's theory of creation and correlution, he, he named it after himself. And even if he thinks that, this dude is going to live forever. I love him, and I'm an idiot, and so is he. So let's be idiots together and understand that we don't get it. So let's praise God in the truth, man. He created the heavens and the earth. Everything has a masterful plan. I mean, babies, right? Like, oh, even a baby being created is ridiculous. Your eye is ridiculous. Breathing, your heartbeat, everything that's going on with you, that it develops in the womb, like, oh, geez. He created the world, the universe, the heaven, the stars. He created everything in it, and he created you and I in his image. I don't know. Here's great advice. When you don't know, here's what you do. When you face power that you can't understand, that you don't know, what if we all just said, I don't know, and went to our knees? I'm going to pray. And... We just be sorry if I could speak. We've just gotten into the habit where we'll we'll put communion out in the back here. Sometimes we pass it around. Today we set it up there as an opportunity for worship for anyone that would like to do that. And I think it works perfectly in a, in a moment like this because 
the idea is we come to the table um, not only in remembrance of what Jesus did, but also to search ourselves. And so anytime there's a call, and that, that's my call, that we would go to our knees, that we would humble ourselves before the God that did make everything, and I don't know how he did it. That we could come to that table with Christ and say, you have earned me with your body and with your blood, and you are the foundation of my hope. No matter what my government says, no matter what my college professor says, like you are the foundation of my hope. And so we can come in a worshipful place and take that communion. But let me pray, and then as you will, there's two more songs. We'll turn the lights down a little bit. It's not magic, it's just fun, okay? And then we'll, we'll just praise God and just reflect together, okay, and build off of this. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for creating the heavens and the earth. Thank you for creating the water and the land and the sun and the moon and the stars. Thank you for creating men and women in your own image. Thank you for seas and lakes and oceans and sunsets and trees and apples and bananas. Oranges. Oranges, yes. I don't know how you did it. Bless those, Lord, who are trying to explain those things to increase the faith of others. But lead them, Lord, not to throw out the foundation for their venture. Lead us as we just humble ourselves before you, God, the Almighty God. We don't get it. We don't know what you're doing all the time. We don't always understand it. Our best attempts fall millions of miles short. So we humble ourselves before you, Lord. We ask you to heal our land, heal our divisions, light your fire in us that we'll just live as sons and daughters of the one true God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Amen. Let's, let's stand and let's celebrate that in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of shame, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of every horrible thing that can happen to us, God is there. And we can have this inexplicable peace and joy in the middle of the storm. Yes. 
Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I could just keep doing this all day, but I know you guys are hungry, so you guys go out there and show the world who Jesus is.